quick strike, you may lead. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Royalty? Why was I not chosen? Because, Inferno, when expecting booby traps... <coughs> Duh. Always send a boob in first. Too much energy. <coughs> Alert. Quantum search detected. Vector 597. Oh, no. Not that. Ah! Greetings, Cyber Raptors, and welcome to episode 39 of Too Much Energon, the laser comb podcast where we talk about Beast Wars shit and talk shit about Beast Wars. I'm one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am your other host, Neo Cal. What's going on this week, Cal? Oh, you know. Getting some uh, some good news and some bad news and everything in between. Yeah, confirmed my appointment for my uh, Microsoft microchip injection. Your uh, your your Microsoft Pfizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Moderna, one or the other. I'm hoping uh, it will turn me into. Uh, Dolph Lundgren, Super Soldier. Yep. Sorry, uh, you're you're gonna have to settle for being Van Dam from Universal Soldier. I can live with that. <laughs> what a step down, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Too bad. So back in like I think it was 2017, there was this. Uh, Amazon series. It only lasted six episodes, but it was called Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Yeah, I remember that. And it uh, stars uh, Van Damme as a very fictional version of himself, but it turns out that like, basically throughout his entire career, like all of the movies that he was doing were just a cover for him like being like a CIA operative, like being on ops. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. The show gets like the the show has a very like tongue in cheek tone to it. Yeah, I think you've mentioned that to me before. I might have, yeah. Um mm. it's pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. And it's only six okay. episodes, so it's pretty it's pretty easy to watch. What's pretty it called? Jean Claude Van Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I've got uh, I got my appointment to go get my uh, my my shots, 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 shots. Nice. Everybody's getting shots. Yeah, it's crazy like how quickly they rolled that out too. Because like for a while, for months now, it's been like, oh, only people over the age of seventy-five. And then it like mm-hmm. slowly crept down and it kind of just hung at like, I feel like it hovered around 50 people, 50 or 55 plus for like months. It's almost like most of the population are boomers. <laughs> Cause they are right. Most of Canada's population is in that age, ra- age range. Mm. So it makes sense, right? The greatest generation. 
unless uh, <laughs> it's not what Twitter would have you believe, mind you. But what <laughs> they built this country, <laughs> they built this country on rock and roll, or did they? They they built this country on Indian burial grounds. <laughs> crushing the dreams of others <laughs> uh, they built well, this hey, country on oppression and privilege wow yeah some would some would have you believe yeah <laughs> uh yeah so yeah yeah um getting my uh getting my shot next week finally i'm i'm looking forward to it because soon you're able to go and interact with the public again yes like not you know because i i haven't been doing that constantly throughout all of no. this for the past like over a year now of course working not. at working at a grocery store nope working at a grocery store where all of our wonderful, wonderful customers, and even my esteemed colleagues, absolutely adhere to COVID safety protocols and practice social distancing, mask wearing, and uh, all of that other fun stuff. And respect. Because people, everyone cares about their fellow human. That's right. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone. Speaking Especially... of speaking of being fed up with dealing with people in my work life, um, I'm off work for the next uh, nine days now. Wow. What are you going to do with yourself? And I didn't even need to get COVID to do it. Holy shit. <laughs> How did that even happen? I just booked the time off. <laughs> I booked it off months ago. And... I picked the date because at 9 p at listeners at the time of recording, this is uh, uh, we're recording on Thursday in the early evening on Thursday, uh, May 13th. And at 9 p.m. tonight, the Mass Effect Legendary Collection pre-order of mine is going to be unlocking. Oh, last, shit. last week it was Resident Evil Village. This week it's Mass Effect, baby. So that's why you booked this week. These nine days off. That is why. I was originally, I was, ori I was, I was originally going to book the, uh, uh, the week following, uh, like this, this past week, the week following Resident Evil Village's release. But I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to get through that game in like probably like six to ten hours. I can do that <laughs> on the weekend. The Mass Effect Legendary Collection, though, that is like three, like thirty-five hour long games. All That's a uh, longer if you want to explore and get all the achievements and yeah, yeah. My I I was fair uh, fairly a completionist in my playthroughs of those games back in the day, and I still think I got through them on my first playthrough in like maybe thirty five to forty hours. Yeah, actually, you're right. I remember. Yeah. Oh man. I'm not looking forward to um, the probe mini game of Mass Effect 2. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Thousands remember, of probes. Do you remember uh, 
going to to the Sol system and uh, firing a probe at uh, Uranus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the the ship's computer, Edie, is like voiced, really Commander Shepard or something as, like that, as voiced by uh, Trisha Helfer from Battlestar Galactica. When you when you go to press the button to launch probe, nothing will launch, and she'll be like, "Really, Commander?" And if you press it again, it'll launch, and she'll say, "Probing Uranus." <laughs> <laughs> oh, she does. Yeah, <laughs> probing Uranus. <laughs> Oh, it's such a dumb thing, but it's it it made me chuckle back in 2010. If you I don't know if it's if you take the Mako onto it or if you're just like probing it. No, I think it's the Mako, but in certain places on the surface of the moon, um Earth's moon, you can yeah. Pick up like re- weird radio transmissions. Hmm. So this would be um, in Mass Effect One, yes. Because there there is no Mako in Mass Effect Two. One or so. Um, what are those arachnids that almost that like everyone united to to fight against? The Rachni. The Rachni. I th- I think they're like weird psychic like Rachni transmissions. Or something. I, I, I need to re- replay them. If I find like a YouTube video of it, I'll send it to you. Well, there's yeah, a handy, really good. There is a handy dandy next gen remastered uh, trilogy. Of, I know. Uh, trilogy collection of those games coming I'm tempted. out. I'm tempted. Part of me wants to make my partner play through them. Like I'll like watch and and they play through them, so they get to experience them in order, the the whole story. Yeah. The, ma- the, <laughs> the way it was meant to be played. Um, I found moving from the very RPG-like... Sorry, I thought I was going to sneeze. Is one of those fake ones. Moving from the very RPG like game of Mass Effect 1 to the hiding behind cover, very limited amount of abilities into Mass Effect 2 or 3. Um yeah. like jarringly difficult to transition to. Mm. Because I liked the if you balanced your powers right in Mass Effect 1, I mean you you didn't even really need to fire a gun because all the different um, powers that you had had separate cooldowns. Right, yeah. So you could play um, an engineer slash psychic, which are called... Oh, I can't remember the that cross um, class. Or like an adept and just bounce your different abilities off them um and it made that really interesting and different people like there was like a a lock pick type thing which was like encryption or something so it's like oh do i bring somebody with encryption on this mission are there going to be like locked containers so i had like somebody that could like unlock things and i had somebody that could like provide backup and debuffs and it felt 
I, I liked it. Other people that went from Mass Effect 2 or 3 to 1 thought it was janky mm. and didn't play really well. But like when I went to Mass Effect 2 and it became Gears of War, where you like hug walls and like pop up and shoot and pop up and shoot. And it became use, a like, shitty one... Gears of War, too. I'm a just sh- going to say yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> It, the shooting <laughs> aspect is not good. No. And I was is disenfranchised the right, right word? No, I was man, I was like it I had to restart and just grit my teeth and get through that like five times because of how like I don't want to play like a corridor shooter and a bad yeah. one at that. And then when you finally start unlocking powers, you only get like two or three. But like the cooldown for after using a power affects all your other powers. So whether you like it or not, you have to play it like a shooter. I don't. There was, there I didn't was this like that phenomenon that occurred in the like early 2010s of taking Western RPGs and like hyper streamlining them. Yeah. Okay. So, so, like, Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2 did that. Oblivion to Skyrim did that. Yeah, became much less. Fallout 3 and New Vegas to Fallout 4 did that. And I'm like... Oh, that explains why I didn't... And I'm like, like... I kind of miss that, like old school like RPG feel of like Dragon Age Origins or like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Wow. It's one of the reasons why I kind of latched on to ah. Rip in peace. Rip in peace, Dinobot. <laughs> um it's one of the reasons why I actually kind of latched on to uh Greedfall a couple of years ago. Or last year I had that in my library because of like a PlayStation Plus thing. Yeah. Is it good? It's good. Like it feels like playing a game. It feels like playing a art like an old school like two thousands RPG like Dragon Age. Not um, in terms of its setting, but like in terms of its gameplay mechanics and everything. It feels very of that era. I didn't finish it because I got sidetracked with something else, but I keep meaning to go back to it. A different game or a project or something. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a number, like if you get away from a game for a week, that week turns into two and then three, and then you, it's hard to get back into it. Yeah. Then you'll load Uh, up your save, you'll load up your save file and be like, oh God, my last save was two years ago. And you have like, you don't remember like anything about what's going on in the game. And you're like, huh, maybe I should start over. But I'm 30 hours. In. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, but but I'm already like 30 hours in. And do I really want to play those 30 hours all over again? Eh, no, not really. It, I me, did that. I did that with Dragon Age Inquis- Inquisition several times. Oh, yeah. Where you came back after like months or or longer. Yeah. And then I did actually restart it a couple of times and then I'd get like maybe 20 hours in. I don't know what it was, but like. Dragon Age Inquisition, it's like bad. it won it's, like it's so many. It's funny because it won like so many Game of the Year awards and everything in 2014, but like I couldn't even finish it. And like a lot of people couldn't. 
Well, and what's funny too is like listening to gaming podcasts now, uh, where they'll talk about like Bioware's fall from grace and everything like that, and they'll mention Dragon Age Inquisition, but it's like this game was getting at like nines and tens when it came out, and like like IGN even gave it like game of the year that year. Did nothing else come out that year? Here's it's the so weird with that game. It has for some reason it the devs were it like uses battlefield's engine <laughs> for some i did not know that <laughs> it does yeah uh for some reason they were like you know what our single player rpg needs mmo levels of grinding yeah that's and probably why quests. i couldn't get through like it. make like 75% of the side quests in the game fetch quests oh and even better make some of the bosses so difficult that you can't beat them unless you force them to do all these fetch quests. And mm. it's like every single person I've spoken to about it says it feels like MMO grinding. And I'm like, but that's not what any of the other game Dragon Age games are like. Which is a, a shame. I'm I'm sure it's the story is great, but like like I can't get more than like 10 hours into it. <laughs> Again, I have it. I just can't do it. I own it on two it, platforms. <laughs> uh, the character creator is amazing, though. I've made like five characters just to take screenshots of them. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Dragon Age Origins, I played through so many times back when it came out. Like, I played... And, con like, continuous playthroughs. So like when I would finish and I don't do this very often, but like as soon as I would finish the game, I would just start up a new file with a new character. Oh, wow. And yeah, I played through Dragon Age Origins, probably like no word of lie, like probably like a dozen times. And that game, if you do everything, is about like 60 hours long. The only game where I've finished and like immediately restarted was. Uh, um. Uh, near Automata. Hmm. Yeah, you've talked about that game before. Yeah. Where I'm like, huh. Cool. And I like immediately like start all over, which is can be intimidating for some people. To like drop like 40, 50 levels or like whatever you're doing and then start from level one and, and go through it again, but I what did that. Do, I did that with uh, Infamous on uh, PS3 back in the day because I was really mm. into that game. Um, and I did that with Resident Evil Seven a few years ago. I actually played through oh, it wow. like five times continuously. Whoa! Yeah, I was really into Seven when it first came out, and now, Are weirdly there... enough, like I can't go back to it. I keep trying, but like. I just can't get into it anymore. You think, I think you just played it too much? Yeah, I think I, I think I burned myself out on it when it first came out. Are there like multiple branching like ways of interacting with certain things? No. No, there aren't. Because I, I know that I've seen people beat that garage scene with the car different ways. Mm. But outside of that, I guess I guess there's not a lot of there's an achievement for beating the game in under, I think it's under three and a half hours, and I ended up getting it. 
Wow. On which playthrough? Uh, I think like my fourth. <laughs> just and like I said, I was playing like these were just like continuous playthroughs. So by that point, I just knew where everything was and like the quickest way to get through each area. And also, yada, you didn't yada. even have to look at a guide nah. to get that achievement. I don't need no guides, bro. The guides are all in here. <laughs> the walkthrough's and up here, here. man. <laughs> um, oh, I got all the achievements for uh, Nier. Oh, well, nice. Which is another level of game <laughs> to that game. I'll just leave it at that. Like secret fucking bosses and That's... weird. It's a Japanese. I was gonna say that's. RPG. I was gonna say that's some JRPG bullshit right there. It yeah. I've played Final Fantasy VII. I fought the weapons. Oh. <laughs> um, Yoko Taro is the um, the uh, director of the Near games, and um, have you ever Googled him? No. He's the guy that like, old, like wears a mask in interviews in public, so people can't see. It's not so people don't know what he looks like. It's I I don't know. If you're bored, Google listeners. Google um, I already forgot his name. Yoko Taro. And he wears a weird mask, and he does weird things on camera. I'll just leave it at that. You know uh, what else does weird things on camera? Cyber Raptors. Cyber Raptors. (laughs) They fucking eye laser on camera. So we're going to get into the episode real soon here. But first, here's a word about our Patreon. Do you like 90s animation? I do. Do you have $2 burning a hole in your pocket? (laughs) I do. Wait, no, I'm broke right now. Do you want to listen to three grown men talk about 90s cartoons like it was yes. yesterday? I know I do. I mean, I'm already doing that, so why would I want to listen to someone else do it? Did, you're supposed to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Give us money. All you need to do is subscribe to the Lasercomb Patreon. For $2 a month, you get access to our Discord channel, which is where we record all of these fine shows. And you also get our eternal gratitude. Isn't that the greatest gift of all? Besides money. <laughs> Besides money? Which is, is what a we gift want. to us. <laughs> a very good, good gift I'm sure Christopher can salvage something out of this. So this is episode 39 of Too Much Energon, and this week we are talking about the fourth episode of the third season of Beast Wars, Cutting Edge. Uh, It was written by Ian Weir, who Mm -hmm. uh, wrote some damn good episodes of Beast Wars. He wrote uh, Dark Designs, the evil Rhinox episode, which uh, uh, was a good (laughs) one. he wrote uh, Possession, the Starscream episode, which is one of my favorite episodes of the series. And he wrote Code of Hero, which is everyone else's favorite episode of the series. Uh, and now he's writing about Cyber Raptors with eye lasers. 
They have fucking eye lasers. <laughs> and I, I didn't realize how, until I saw this episode a few days ago, like how much I actually missed eye lasers in this show. Yeah, I felt. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, is everybody that shot eye lasers dead? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we saw Waspinator use them in one episode, but he hasn't used them since. Is it only one? Yeah, he used eye lasers in, uh, I think it was the episode that introduced Tigatron. He was trying to, like, cut into the stasis pod, and he was using eye lasers. Oh, he's never used them in combat? I don't think so. Yet, your memory would be better. Shit, I just took it for granted. Yet, no, he's always firing his little, like, stinger gun. Yeah, his stinger, yeah. Fuck, get on that, man. He didn't even use it in battle. He used, oh, you're right. Yeah, he was like trying to burn his way into the, the stasis pod. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So this episode opens with uh, uh, some proto-humans walking through the forest, and uh, we see our old pal uh, Axe Ape. Axe Ape in the flesh. Yeah. The guy who uh, at the end of Hero was like, this... yeah, who like yeah! killed the fuck out of a snake with his little like stone axe thing. That's great. Uh, which Dinobot I, I, made. Yes, which Dinobot made. And uh, things are kind of coming full circle because a fucking cyber raptor shows up and attacks the proto-humans. Starts chasing them down. Now this is like a like silver, like muscular as fuck Velociraptor with like mechanical legs, glowing <laughs> red eyes. And it's got this like what looks like a cylinder on its back that uh, uh, some sort of glowing. Yeah, thing. It's, it's kind of cylindrical. So it looks like, I don't know, some kind of containment unit or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's fucking eye lasering the uh, the, the proto humans. And I'm like, yes. I think he takes one of them out. Back. He takes like an old one out. Mm. But yeah, well, eye lasers are back, folks. Anyway. Uh, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> he he had nothing of value to contribute to the t the tribe. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, optimal Optimus and uh, Silverbolt show up. And Optimal Optimus is in his, like, jet mode. And he does something here that I hate. Uh -oh. In his jet mode, one of his, like, what is one of his arms in robot mode actually, like, points down and his fingers emerge. And he's like, protect those children. I don't like a rant, like, an arm. When he's supposed to be in jet mode, I don't like his arm, like, moving around independently. Oh, it's weird because he doesn't have a face in this mode. Yeah, like, I just he looks like a jet. Yeah, okay, I see. I I don't I don't like the concept of a jet like having a a limb that moves independently. Because he's a jet. This is I, you know what I there was some weird uncanny thing that I didn't like about his jet mode, and I think that touched on it. You can't see his face. Right, it has like the clear cockpit kind of area that used yeah. to house um, uh, Optimus Prime's Spark, yeah. but it's like the cockpit of the the jet area. But he has like 
ape-like talons and feet in the back of the jet, and the wings of the jet are like his arms. So when he's flying away and you see his feet shooting the thrusters, it looks weird. And when he's in jet mode and then his hands move and a disembodied voice is like, protect those children. That's it. It's weird for a jet to have feet and hands. (laughs) Yes, it's weird. I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it either. I couldn't place it though. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. um, Quick. uh, I was going to say quick strike. Silverbolt like gets his ass shot out of the air by eye lasers yeah like a bitch and um the it's basically maximal maneuver number two hit a predacon against a pillar and make the rock on top fall off and crush them (laughs) because that's what happens here yeah i'm really like that's like the ninth or tenth time it's happened this this show has really opened my eyes to uh anime like cost cutting maneuvers in animation right because you don't need to show an altered um 3d model of a raptor being destroyed if it's just buried under a rock yeah (laughs) and it's like it's like we already have it like built into our like animation engine for like a rock to fall on something. Like we can do that easily. We've done it several times before. Rocks are more deadly on this show than like any missiles. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> By far. Rocks provide the best cover. Rocks provide the best weapon. Yeah. Even in um Code of Hero, like Dinobot defeated Tarantulas by shooting at a rock that fell on him. <laughs> so, like, maybe these proto-humans are on to something with their with their stone axes. Uh, speaking of proto-humans, uh, we we get to meet these like two annoying little children. I think uh, they're cute and adorable. Uh, I find their faces horrifying. Oh, their faces are horrifying. <laughs> uh, they have gigantic the, eyes. The the girl <laughs> looks like the uh the the girl gremlin in Gremlins too. I can see that <laughs> minus all the uh, the makeup. Minus yeah. all the makeup, yeah. I can see that with like the big eyes and like the weird shaped jaw and like the the giant like wide mouth with like the absurdly large lips. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> female gremlin. <laughs> uh, I think um that what was that Gremlins two? That was yeah. Gremlins two, yeah. Um. God, how did that movie they... ever get made? Like, know. like that movie is like a straight up. Like the first film is like kind of a like PG horror film, horror Christmas film. Um, yeah, it's like YA horror. It's Spielberg yeah. horror. Um, yeah. but then the sequel is this like completely like bananas satire. It's it's pretty bananas and pretty like. There's one after that too, isn't there? No. Nope. No, no, I'm I'm thinking of something else. Oh, I'm thinking there of it, critters. There's there, like three critters movies. 
There, there is a uh, a prequel coming out on HBO Max, though. I think it's called Mogwai. For real? Yeah, legit. They're really pulling deep from the well. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. like I don't know who no, was asking. No for one that, asked but... for. <laughs> uh, Were you sitting or... around and going, "Where's my gremlins in 2020s"? The the origin no of the further. the origin of the old man whose name no one remembers that sold <laughs> Danny Gizmo in the first Gremlins film. It's literally what the what that that show is about. It's about that old man when he was young raising oh, Gizmo. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're trying to get in on that um, baby Groot, baby Yoda, like cute little thing hype. That's happened yeah. over like for am I the only one that doesn't like baby Groot? Or doesn't uh, think like baby Yoda is like the coolest fucking thing ever? I'm not a fan. I have like three friends with like baby Yoda tattoos. Uh you know what I hate is that people call it baby Yoda. Yeah. And I'm not I like, understand. I they don't know what the race is called. But I am not even a Star Wars fan. I've gone on record saying, like, I kind of casually like Star Wars, but its fan base really pushes me off of it. And I think uh -huh. most, I think most Star Wars in general is kind of a mixed bag, save for a few of the movies. Um, yep. Even I recognize here, Christopher's here in the fandom, and this is a ten, and like this, I'm actually like doing a, a scale for an audio listeners. Yeah. Christopher's maybe like a five. I think I'm like 3.5. Like anything bad Christopher said, I've said worse about Star Wars. So, but even me, like, I'm like, okay, the Mandalorian is set after the return of the Jedi. And we have this like baby of whatever this race is called. It's obviously not Yoda because Yoda was so old in Empire Strikes Back that he died of old age. He literally died of old age. Yeah. The only thing keeping him alive was knowing that he would need to give Luke some guidance. Yeah. Yeah. So even me being someone who largely doesn't really give a shit about that franchise, I'm like, it is not Yoda. It is not baby Yoda. It is a thing that looks, that is of the same race as Yoda. Of the same race as Yoda. So keep in mind, even though you're saying I'm not, you're not like the biggest fan, the majority of people that are all over that are filthy casuals. Right? Yeah. Um, for, for example, so what, um, this is this is a tangent. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, I was going to be like, so what does that make me? Because I feel like most Star Wars fans would call me a filthy casual or a, a non-fan. A, a um, enjoyer of some Star Wars. <laughs> um, a non-filthy casual. A bathed casual, if you will. <laughs> a hygienic casual. Um, I do... I do occasionally partake in a Star War. A Star War or two. <laughs> um, I have been known to um, play a Star War game or two. Uh, 
speaking of games that are hard to like come back to if you haven't played, I really liked The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. But with any um, memorization of combo games, if you take like a month or two off and come back, like uh, Devil May Cry, Force Awakens, Bayonetta, you don't have like the muscle memory for the combos and stuff. And you're like, God, I don't remember this being hard. Uh, but the, what you were saying is, why are people calling it Baby Yoda? And it just like stuck, right? Do you remember Bowsette? being a thing <laughs> your eyes roll back into the back of your head and you turn into the undertaker <laughs> yeah yeah for the for the uh uh audio listeners of the show i just like omega level eye rolled yeah <laughs> so um Hodet, right can get a certain hat a crown in one of the mario games right Okay. And when she does it, she turns into like a princess, like a very like like Peach, right? Like Princess Toadstool, and she's referred to as um, Peachette, I think, right? But that's okay. because she's Toad at looking like Peach, right? So if someone else were to wear the crown, that's how the fan art wave happened right if bowser was to wear the crown he would become like peach if mario was to wear the crown he'd become like peach right but because toadette was peachette right then if bowser wore it to become like peach he'd be like bowser right or or mario would be like meach or mar marich or something right it's a play on their name but everybody's like, haha, Peachette. Just add et to something and it becomes effeminate. So, like, there was Luigi et and Boo et and um, Bows et and Koopa et and all the, the ets. And I, a little part of me, the little nitpicky part of me was like, it wouldn't be Bows et. <laughs> it would be like Bowser. Yeah, little little nitpicky thing about that. So it's the same uh, thing with Baby Yoda. It's yeah. like, well, this isn't Baby Yoda. Technically, it shouldn't be Bowsette, but like the masses taking over something get to define what something is called, unfortunately. And so all the moms with their kids jumping into Star Wars for the first time, watching um, the Mandalorian. They're like, oh look, Baby Yoda. I know what ba- I know what Yoda looks like. That's clearly yep. Baby Yoda. So when they find out that it's not, indeed, um, maybe jump ahead thirty seconds because I'm. Do you care if I spoil Mandalorian? I've seen it all. Oh, okay, so jump so, ahead thirty seconds from now. The, anyone listening? For the listeners, if you haven't finished uh, uh, the Mandalorian, jump season ahead. Two, jump ahead. Yeah, 30, 30, 60 seconds. So I'll make this quick. Um, Young Luke appears, right? Yeah. And makes a big-ass entrance, and everybody's like, oh, the amount of people on Twitter (laughs) that freaked out, and they were like, how's that possible? Baby Yoda. Like, they don't understand the timeline. Oh, really? (laughs) Even though, yeah, even though it's been firmly established. (laughs) Oh, wow. So they're like, isn't isn't he die? He die in movie. 
He should, <laughs> or or he should be old, right? Because they they they're they're not thinking about how the timeline works. I think they even go to Endor in one of those episodes, like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God. So the the masses, the masses dictate what things are called. Yep. Like what? What's your? What's the ship of Cheetor and, um, and uh, Black Arachnia called? What's their like early two thousands? <laughs> there is there is now for me for me. <laughs> uh, somebody Cheetor, out there draw Black that Arachnia. and tweet about it. Cheat bl- bl- black tour, black tour, <laughs> um, cheat, cheat arachnia, cheat arachnia. <laughs> We're not going to get better than that. Hey, this, Anyways, this I'm week I'm of cheat la- last week I was coining Andrenzo, this week I'm coining uh, cheat arachnia. Like, I'm yeah. on fire with this. shit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, uh yes. Well that's gonna be it on here. fire. Let's let's go back to eye lasers. Yeah. Well, I, I think we lead to the first Cheetarachnia interaction. We've got a little Mogwise running around on the ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and which like apparently they've adopted them. Yeah, apparently. And uh like Cheetor is like chasing them or something and accidentally tackles Black Arachnia. Accidentally. And there's this weird He's like whoa. There's this up in her face. There's this weird moment and like this was really common in movies and TV at the time I found where like a character would land on top of another one and there would be this it's like moment. Yeah, yeah. There'd be like this moment where they would be like gaze into each other's eyes. Except she doesn't gaze into his eyes. He gazes into her eyes and is like fumbling his words and shit and she's all like get off of me <laughs> yep and i'm like there's even like romantic since, music that plays and I'm like, while the scene is happening since when does cheetor have a boner for black arachnia ah in the episode where um i believe they are saving they're either saving Rhinox or at some other reason they attacked the dark side. Do you recall there was like a big battle and Black Arachnia pieced out for like an episode or something? Oh, that was uh, that was the episode that introduced Black Arachnia. Right. So Oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, they were going to get Rat Trap back, and Black Arachnia, new to the Predacons at this point, mm-hmm. her and Cheetor like have this duel and she like takes him out and like steps on his face. And she's all like another time. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember it's all coming back to me now. This God, you remember me like, talking about this, my ship that, that, that was like 30 episodes of this podcast ago, <laughs> literally like 30 episodes. Um, I, I remember saying that, like, I, I always thought that like, Oh, maybe they had some like, her whoever she was originally her like protoform like they had some history or something on cybertron and it would have been nice if the show had explored that Mm -hmm. but it doesn't maybe this is circling back to that now all i remember is that she she stepped on his face and he was like harder mommy (laughs) or did i imagine that 
I'm it's basically the same thing. It's all that but Resident it's all Evil coming... Village hentai. It's yes, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um and I remembered her stepping on Cheetor's face. And I've been waiting for this moment. Oh, so you're a, a fan time. of this then, is what you're saying. I, I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh so back on the bridge. More to say uh, on that later. <laughs> uh so on the bridge, uh Optimus is like, hey, someone's gotta take these kids home. They're uh they're wrecking the place. I'm tired of having these damn children running around. Yeah. Tired uh, of these monkeys jumping on the bed. So uh Black Arachnia, take them back to their tribe. You, you woman, you good with kids. The argument is um, if there are cyber <laughs> raptors running around, um, Black Arachnia knows like Megatron's intentions and technology the best, so she's best equipped to do it. And when Silverbolt volunteers, he goes, no, we need you at base, and I can't have you distracted. And Rhinox, I think it is, says something like... Um, I just heard an anime villainess laugh. <laughs> like, what? Uh, 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 what does he say? Oh, we don't have proper scanning uh, for bio, create like bio, bio organic life. So it would be impossible to find them from the air. Mm. That makes no sense, but. Thank you. I I was like, I was watching it, and the words from my mouth were, I put my hand out, and I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You'd be able to find anything easier from the the air than you would, like, on the ground. But something, something, scanners, you have to walk there. I mean, I guess. Sil- Silverbolt could have just walked. Y- yeah. I mean, that's exactly what Cheetor does, and they they see they they're yeah. Wait, they're, they're they're watching him walk uh, through <laughs> like one of the computer monitors, and he's walking with this like dopey ass like hop in his step. <laughs> uh, Even Rhinox is like, is it just me, or does he look extra bushy tailed today? Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so they're off on their adventure, and Megatron is aware of this because he is somehow watching this on his uh, crystal ball. I know that it, since I've seen it once, I can I'll see it a million times. Thank you for pointing out the fucking crystal ball thing again. I, I pointed that out to my partner <laughs> watching this. I was like, "What is he looking at them through?" <laughs> Have we ever called it the crystal ball before? No. Because why? Why Why haven't we prior to this? Either he has thousands of security cameras set up all across the planet, or he has a magic fucking crystal ball. Well, and like the, his like computer, like viewing screen thing is literally like a, it, it's a sphere. It's a crystal ball. That that that's its name for the it's rest the of the series. It, it's Megatron's crystal ball. I, I regret that we didn't come up with this like thirty episodes ago. 
for anyone listening that is like, what the fuck are they talking about? There's this ma- there's this magic effect where the viewer watching on the screen will suddenly zoom out of a monitor and the um particularly um only when Megatron's watching a screen. I don't think it's really done it for the Maximals, has it? Not it's really, mostly, no. It's mostly Megatron. And it'll zoom out and there will just be a video of what the Maximals are like getting up to. But like there there was no drone, there was no, no yeah. camera. They can be in the middle of a jungle. And Megatron will just be like, oh yes, all according to plan. And I it took us a long time to even question why that was dumb. <laughs> but when we did pick up pick up on that, we were like, what the fuck is he looking at them with? And now we can't unsee it. So Chris, I think that's an apt description. <laughs> it's it's a crystal ball. Uh, He's fucking David Bowie from the Labyrinth. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Cyber Raptors attack. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Cyber Raptors attack. attack. Cheetor and Black Arachnia and the kids and the Cyber Raptors are kick kicking Cheetor's fucking ass. So they it's know like how to use their lasers. Yeah. So it like eye lasers Cheetor and like. Cheetor like jumps into the air and like transforms into check this move out says some Cheetor bullshit. He jumps into the air and like transforms into robot mode to like do his like hand mouth together laser. But like he gets taken out as like in the middle of doing this by another blast of fucking eye lasers. The eye cyber raptor. The Cheetor blast only stuns. The cyber raptor, but the cyber raptor's laser eye—he laser eyes him, hit Peter mid air, yeah, and he goes flying off a cliff. Yeah, there's one small touching moment where, um, before this, where Cheetor was flying around with the boy protohuman, giving him like a ride, and the um the little girl um hollows out a coconut and wears it like a helmet. Oh, yeah, like yeah. imitate uh, Black Arachne, and Cheetor is like, "Oh, look, she thinks you're cool." And I think Cheetor is like, "You know who else thinks you're cool?" And she's like, "Watch it," or so- something like that. Oh God, <laughs> it's it's cheesy, and and I love it. <laughs> but yeah, um, you were saying it's just Black Arachnia and the two kids like up in a tree. Yeah, and she's kind of like, "Should I?" make like a spider and get the fuck out of here or play stupid hero and save these damn little brats. And she, there's there's actually, there's actually a pretty cool shot because the the kids were up in the tree. She was on the ground down below. There's this cool shot where she like kind of scoffs and is just like, uh, and she does this like backflip and goes into beast mode and then like grabs them with her web. Like Brett puts uh, puts a tendril onto the tree, and like grabs the kids and flies off the cliff. Yeah, like a bungee jump, and then stops short or, right when they hit the ground. Yeah, she she leaps into the air, like goes into beast mode, like mid backflip, like shoots a web, like spider grabs the kids. Spider grabs the kids, and then like 
it's it's away. cool animation. It's yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And even the um, eye lasers go past her as she's like zip zip lining, <laughs> bungee jumping over the the edge. And um, it's funny the cyber raptor look over the the cliff at them. And they just kind of like look back, and he kind of just like gives up and tries to find a way around. Did it forget that it can shoot high lasers? <laughs> it, it doesn't shoot at them anymore. Maybe it's like a power level thing. It can only shoot like so many lasers per minute. Maybe it needs to recharge. Yeah. Or it's like you know when you when you're playing like a video game and you you get into like a mounted gun, like laser gun or something like that. And it has infinite ammo. It has infinite ammo, but like it overheats eventually and you have to wait for it to cool down. You can shoot as many lasers as you want, uh, like up to a point, but then it's like, you'll, but then the, the meter goes, turns red and goes boop, 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 boop. And then you have to wait for it to, yeah. (laughs) To restart. Yeah. Cool down. That's like that. That's a good point. That is like a universal like video game thing. Like when a a machine gun or like a laser turret or something has like an overheat effect. Yeah. Weird video game mechanic that like is in every single game. It's only really been around, I think, for the past like maybe fifteen or so years now. Yeah. I think the earliest yeah, that game that I like can it. remember that did that was probably Gears of War. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure I there no was idea. a game before that, but that's like the first. Oh, no. Uh, I think Resident Evil 4 did that. Is there a tur- Oh. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, he can't uh, shoot eye lasers. He's on cooldown. <laughs> yeah. Um, Black Arachne tries to radio for help. Scanners are jammed. She's like, oh, three guesses who is behind this. And more crystal ball shit. Megatron is like, oh, my humble that. self, indeed. <laughs> that line. <laughs> and the, oh, and, of- and Cheetor can't fly away because he, his jets are injured. And speaking of like that line, Inferno like terror boards in and is like the traitoress can now be destroyed, royalty. What a weird line! I'd I'd rewind it like a couple times. I'm like, what is he saying? He's saying the traitoress, a female traitor. Apparently, so, I didn't know traitor was a gender term, but here we are, traitoress. You just add S at on the or at yeah yeah yeah. Um, so, quick question: um, Megatron tells Inferno, uh, "No, we can't destroy them yet. There's two parts to this plan." And then he goes, "Waspinator, Tarantulas, to your mission." And Tarantulas, and waspinator are on uh terror boards mm. why is tarantulas here am i stupid or am is tar- hasn't tarantulas been independent for like 10 episodes more something like that 
it's it's revealed he was um um a secret like an operative for um the the tripredicus council and even before that he made his own base and he declared his independence what the fuck is tarantulas doing here maybe after the whole thing with ravage because like he was working with ravage so and that's when we found out that he was a tripredicus agent and then ravage aligned himself with megatron when he found out that megatron was like following g1 megatron's plans maybe by extension tarantulas is now realigned with megatron uh <laughs> they 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 skimped on some details yeah yeah they, this is weird they, to me <laughs> they they don't really explain it very much but also now, have we if... seen tarantulas at all this season Have we? I <laughs> yeah yeah I I I genuinely don't remember. Well, re this episode reminds me of how much I fucking hate him and wish he would die. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, anyways, he's he, here's my head cannon. He is getting something from this. Right? Okay. Like, maybe he has been trying to work on transmetal cloning, but he didn't have the facilities necessary. So he helped Megatron build the Cyber Raptors. And just like Dino Clone, that episode, they're part flesh and blood, right? Like, they're actually like clones of from like rap bingo dino dna <laughs> but they're part transmetal right yeah. um maybe there's some like maybe they're working together for some mutual thing like you said maybe after ravage revealed uh whatever fuck it anyways <laughs> i thought i was going somewhere with that but cry, cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of war what the fuck? I actually like face palmed. <laughs> you you know the Picard meme where he like rubs his <laughs> Oh oh yes, yes I do. I I can't and the camera is above him and he's like let loose the do the dogs of war. He okay, should have so said the raptors of war. So Cry <laughs> so havoc. It, it is a let lot loose the raptors of war. It is a line spoken by Mark Antony in Act 3, Scene 1, line 273 of William Shakespeare, Julius Caesar. Cry havoc and let's slip the dogs of war. Yeah, I, I worked on um I uh I worked on a re-rendition of that in, in university. And it's a good line. Uh, not but... not in this context. I, I don't know why, but it made me Picard, full Picard <laughs> on that. And not in the make it so <laughs> variety. Well, it's revealed that he has three. He just, a fresh batch of creepy crawlers. <laughs> like, because there's a machine that opens up, like, literally over the lava, and yeah. a platform comes out 
Um, and like three cyber raptors are inside. Reminds me of creepy crawlers. Oh, freshly baked cyber raptors. Yes. <laughs> and Tarantulas uh, is like, ooh, it lets me um field test an amusing little device I've developed. And he pumps the super soaker with purple energy in it. Yep. So uh back at Ark Mountain. Uh what the fuck's even going on here? Rat Trap and Silver. So, oh, Rat Trap and Silverbolt are like bickering or some shit because uh, Optimus tries to radio Cheetor and Black Arachnia, and Rat Trap says some Rat Trap bullshit, and then Silverbolt gets all defensive. And I actually like his line. Okay, he's take like it making, away. He he's making fun of her, and Silverbolt. Uh, what does he say? Yeah. So. Uh, Silverbolt is like, she's in danger. I can feel it. And uh, Rattrap is like, "Uh, maybe they just decided to take a little break. (laughs) 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 Fucking laugh. And Silverbolt says, if that innuendo were not beneath my contempt, rodent, you would be required to give satisfaction. And I'm like, that is the most silver bolt he. Gonna challenge him had. to a fucking duel. <laughs> I, I expected him to take out like a fucking like dueling glove, like a white satin glove that he keeps in his pocket, and just. I, and indeed, I, um... I have offered you a chance to surrender, Mister Rattrap, <laughs> and you have continued to insult my honor. Therefore, I de- must have satisfaction can you imagine being like a rich like mustachioed like like european back in the day you have manners you have oh okay (laughs) and (laughs) somebody has insulted your honor to the point where you're ready to duel them to the death over it legally yes you can oh okay well yeah would you try to chop off their head uh no. No, okay, just in case. No, no, I I I would only cut off their head if I were of the clan McLeod. What if you weren't? Then, well, I would wait and see like if I say impaled them with a sword and they just fell down and then got up, I'd be like, "Oh shit." There can be only one. Oh, okay, so you wouldn't just assume you wouldn't just cut I, everyone's I, head off. I wouldn't just assume, but like if it started becoming clear that hey, this motherfucker is healing, is surviving <laughs> some shit that he shouldn't be surviving, then uh, all right, off with his head. Now, I have a. Okay, so we do this often, and I apologize. We always talk about either Metal Gear Solid or Highlander. Yep. Let's say medieval Christopher is an immortal, like, but you have is that to like die medieval a... spawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's an immortal, like the immortals from the Highlander franchise. But Christopher, you haven't died um a violent death. Yet. Right. So you haven't awoken. But if you fight and kill an immortal 
you don't absorb their power until you're awoken, correct? As far as I know, yeah. But normal people can kill um, uh, immortals in that franchise. They just have to cut their head off. Yeah, yeah, there are um, uh, there are groups in the TV show. There's a, there's a I can't remember what they're called, but there's a group in the TV show that uh, will take out immortals or a group of humans. It's been forever since I watched that. Anyway, <laughs> it's been. I think Anyways. the last time I watched that show was in like 2004. Thank you for that thought experiment. I will get. <laughs> Beast Wars. Yeah, it's probably been about 2003, 4 for me. So outside of Arc Mountain, after Optimus and uh, Silverbolt fly away, uh, the Predacons are waiting off to attack, and Quickstrike's like, dang, damn it, I don't want to be waiting around, I want to attack now! Or some shit. And Megatron's like, hmm, okay. Yeah, he's like, how about this... I love that. He's like, instead of just sitting around and waiting, how about we blast our way in there and slag everyone? And and Megatron, I, the way it's delivered, like, the voice acting in the show is phenomenal. I always talk about that. But he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the way that single line is delivered is, is great. Uh, we, we cut back to uh, 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 Cheetarachnia and the 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 little, two little shits and the Waspinator, two little darlings, Beautiful. Waspinator, Tarantulas, and three Cyber Raptors show up and launch an attack. This intro is pretty scary, like intimidating. Like they turn around and there's like an engine revving and like rumbling. Yeah, and the shot cuts to a canyon, and there's trees and there's rocks, and there are three cyber raptors running towards the camera, and waspinators in the background like catching up, and tarantulas like flies off a cliff, and he's like riding in between the the uh, cyber raptors. I just wanted to point out that that was that is so fucking well animated, and that is so hype. I think like, that, that shot's is actually the bad in guys. The I think that that shot is actually in the intro. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. And um, I don't know if he's ever done this before, but Tarantulas in his motorcycle bug form, he shoots missiles out of his insect legs. His spider cycle form. Yeah. I've never seen him do that. No, like, not he shoots, like, um Proton, like, do, 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 like blasts out of his like plasma blasts out of his uh, insectoid legs. And I'm like, I've never seen that. No, neither have I. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they, it's, it's bad news bears. Yeah. It's they cool exchange fight. some this fire. Really well done. Uh, they exchange some fire. Uh, Optimus and Silverbolt show up and there's the this. Ri- time. Yeah. In the nick of time, but there's this weird like little bit where Optimus gets shot in the butt with like a like cyber venom thing. So that was it's transmetal cyber venom. Oh, oh. Because normal <laughs> cyber venom wouldn't work, Christopher. Okay, so it's trans it's spe- it's special, it's different than black arachnia and and and, and, and tarantula man's 
cyber venom from the other this is this is trans metal cyber this is this is trans metal formers beasties okay so apparently we finally you know how we've always talked about how there's rock paper scissors on the show this person beats this person apparently the only thing that can beat um primal is trans metal cyber venom which completely takes him out of the the battle and what i was gonna point out was he does this weird thing where he goes all big head mode from it he's stretching and he's talking like this and it his head like expands and shrinks and it's very comical yeah yeah it is big head mode yeah yeah it's dumb (laughs) i just noticed during the combat um the others, while uh, Primal is incapacitated, the others are still using his body as a shield. I mean, like, why not, They're hiding right? behind his legs and arms. Yeah, well, why not? Because I guess he can't normally he's, be damaged. He's like transmetal tech meets Autobot tech meets the power of the Matrix. I'd be hiding behind that guy, too. Yeah. Even if he was dead. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good shield. Better than rocks. Rocks got, like, what? like a couple eye lasers or a single missile before they magically turn into dust and you have to run to the next rock. Yeah. <laughs> the, the maximal maneuver was uh, bound to get an upgrade sometime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's another... Who else op- has like... The optimal maneuver. Yes. The optimal maneuver. Who else has like weird protective transmetal... Oh... Depth charge can block shot with his like manta ray wing shield thing. Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. Does anything else like block? Didn't for like one episode, didn't like Transmetal Rat Trap have like uses dinky like little shield to like deflect Megatron's like plasma sh- bolts? Yeah, I think that was in I think that was in Aftermath when they first became Transmetals, and it hasn't been you're, you're seen right. or yeah. used since. Yeah, uh, He hasn't used that little shield even once since. It's funny. I bet you on the show we'll be like, we'll probably see him use that all the time, right? <laughs> that seems sure. like something we would have said. <laughs> I'm sure we said that in that episode, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not so, going to go back to listen to find out. Um. For some reason, um, none of the automated defenses outside of Arc Mountain are operational. The Predacons just shoot them and destroy them. Because, um, like you, like when you said earlier, uh, Quick Strike, Megatron, Inferno, and Rampage are all outside the uh, the Arc Mountain base. Well. You remember a couple of episodes ago where Optimus talked about they were constantly in a defensive position because, uh, well, they didn't really have any kind of advanced uh, security system. That's why. And they couldn't get Teletrain 1 to work. And they they went to go retrieve Sentinel, but then they didn't end up retrieving Sentinel. And since then, it had nothing, like nothing, nothing's been resolved of that. So... They still no. have no real defensive capabilities. They have no real defensive capabilities. And it showed 
At one point, it showed Black Arachnia and maybe Cheetor or something a couple episodes back manually in the turret like cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, and so those were manual turrets. They dropped a rock on Inferno. Instead of using ammo, yeah. Yeah. Um, I only bring that up because very shortly, auto cannons do magically come online. Mm. Well, we'll get to that. Um. So they oh like God. they like slam into uh into the doors of Ark Mountain and uh bust them open. Yeah. You know how I've talked about before in this show, and I think in uh reboot as well, um listeners, we as you probably know by this point, we have another podcast <laughs> where we do this, but we talk about reboot. It's called Alpha Numeric. Um I've mentioned before that like there are lines from these shows that have just stuck out in my mind over the decades, even that if I don't remembered, even if I don't remember the episodes themselves, you remember the line. I remember the line. So coming up, Quickstrike wants to go in first, and so right. Megatron sends him in first, and Inferno is like royalty. Why was I not permitted to go in first? And Megatron says, because when dealing with booby traps, always send the boob in first. <laughs> for whatever fucking reason, that line is like stuck in my mind. And out of 10 writing. For like, for like 20, almost 25 years now. Oh, you remembered that the whole time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, there we go. Um, it, much like a, in uh, uh, the low road where Megatron, where Black Arachnia asks Megatron, "Why do you always talk to yourself?" and he's like, "I simply have a penchant for intelligent conversation." That was another one of those lines that just stuck in my mind. Yeah, even though you knew you knew that line, you just didn't remember what episode or yeah, probably even season it was <laughs> it was from. Exactly, That's a good line. Yeah, same with this one. So yeah, um, Quickstrike goes in, and he gets taken out by a like some kind of auto defense system that is literally a giant fist that punches him. What is it? Yes. Wait, one sec. When expecting booby traps, yeah, it's a giant robotic fist. <laughs> Some weird robot Home Alone shit going on here. So I guess Quick Strike is out of that battle. What a weird and extremely circumstantial booby trap. Like, what if they walked anywhere else? Whatever. <laughs> well, Quick Strike literally has like stars like flying around his head. So uh, where um... he passes out before he passes out so uh we're we're not really we're not really taking this seriously at this point you like the entirety of the future of mankind and the cybertronians yeah yeah i feel like the there should be more at stake but what you gonna do the in the, the scene immediately following that it shows rhinox pressing some buttons and he says auto guns online I guess so they, they have, have auto guns. guns. They're they're just inside of the cave. 
so they have no external defensive capabilities. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> back uh, this time, Predacons are hiding behind rocks. Yeah, but we got a lot of shots oh, right. of like Velociraptors eye lasering. I don't know what and it is, wrench. but like just the sight of like these fucking raptors running around, just like shooting lasers from their eyes, like it, lo it looks badass to me. Like it fucking looks badass. Does it get more badass than a cyborg velociraptor? It makes me wish Dinobot lasers from his eyes. Makes me wish Dinobot in his raptor form could still shoot eye lasers. May he rest in peace. Rip in peace. He'll be drinking in the meat halls of Valhalla. Silicon Valhalla. Silicon Hala. Silla Hmm. Work in progress. <laughs> well, he actually referred to it as Silicon Valhalla in one episode. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which confirmed our belief that he um had the long talked about um belief that he was a uh, believed in a glorious death in combat and yeah like he was a viking or a samurai or a samurai yeah 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 optimus so, does some more weird big head mode bullshit and like sings to cheetor sings? Like, yeah cheetor comes over to check on him and he starts singing there he is my little guy it's weird <laughs> yeah, my little guy. He kind of sounds like a uh, hack and or slash. Well, what a coincidence I, that is. But particularly when he's singing, he sounds like this. Yeah. So at this point, we're both shows on the air. Yeah. Because he, it sounds like slash singing. <laughs> yeah. For anybody wondering who the, who the voice of uh, hack and or slash is, it is... Uh, Mainframe Entertainment hires some of the same voice actors, you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah, when this oh, aired, I forgot. Uh, uh, Reboot would have been in Season 3 as well, actually. That's... Oh, so like both of Alphanumeric and Too Much Energon are almost... They're, they're kind of lining up right now. Yeah, weird. <laughs> So uh, Tarantulas does some shit that makes me wish he would die more, which is he gets the drop on the little kids, the proto-humans, and like cackles in delight as he gets ready to execute them without like hesi hesitation. I understand like, you know, wanting your side to win and all, but like, I don't know, it takes a special kind of uh, fucking psychopath to point a gun at kids and cackle in glee like well, it's one a... thing to take an adult proto-human and hold it hostage like megatron did but like tackling while you aim a gun at kids is like pretty fucking up there for, for me i mean he is a psychopath we've established that but yeah he's not winning any any good guy points for me no. You know who does? Black Arachnia, who jumps in front of the shot. Yeah, she does her, like, spider leg machine gun thing. 
Does she? That's what she does. Right? Um, she leaps out in front and um, gets shot by Tarantulas. Oh, okay. And then um, Silverbolt tries to shoot Tarantulas with missiles, and Tarantulas just runs and jumps beside behind some rocks. I <coughs> I forgot to pause the video, so I'm a little ahead now. Oh, that that's fine. There's a silver bolt moment where he's like, "Oh, heart of my heart, I saw you were willing to give your life for the children," and she's like, "I fucking slipped, you doorknob." Oh, I forgot to mention earlier. He he when they first show up, he yells, "Arachnia, my soul's delight." Says my soul's delight. He's a romance. Uh, what do you? Him to not say my soul's delight. <laughs> He's got some interesting writing. Are you familiar with the term Sundere? No. So I don't know if you want to go- Google it, but. It's a term in anime, Japanese, E-S-U-N-D-E-R-E. And it's basically the trope where there's a very hard exterior, um, like a a tough or uncaring female character. Mm. But they actually do care, and they don't want other people to think that they do. And that mm-hmm. whole, like, I wasn't trying to save the kids, I, I slept, is is very much in that, that trope. And thinking about back on it now, that that is a very common trope, even in, in like, in in all cinema, not just yeah, anime I was gonna, or I was going to say, it's not even, like, limited to female characters, either. No, not even. The whole, like, uh, I don't care. I don't care about nothing but myself. Yeah, but yeah, it's she. She's like that. It's in, in particular that term is about female characters that actually do like a boy but don't want to let on. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> maybe maybe there's one person like listening who is like, I understood that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Moving uh, on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure, there's got to be at State, least one. At least one. Hey, if you have any idea what the fuck I'm talking about, you can leave a comment or or let us know. Or if you think I should just shut the fuck up, tell me. (laughs) Because I won't listen. Nor should you. No. (laughs) So Uh, what's going on here? Oh, are we back at Ark Mountain? Yeah, some like fighting goes on back and forth. It's back and forth, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, back, right on, gets taken out. Back in the, uh, uh, back in the canyon with the, the cyber raptors. Oh, right. Sorry. I don't want to gloss over this point. Yeah. Okay. So Christopher's right. There's back, there's a back and forth that goes to Ark Mountain. It comes to the canyon. The Maximals are losing on both, both sides. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, They've all been, they, they, they've all been taken out and, uh, Optimus's face is going to be chomped by a cyber raptor. Yeah, Cheetor is like lying, like practically unconscious against a uh, 
the side of a rock and black arachne is on the ground and cyber raptor is about to so hyped fucking (laughs) is about to like fucking take them out and then who shows up motherfucking axe ape axe ape for the win for the save ape for the fucking win comes out of nowhere on like a rock screaming holding uh fucking uh what what is it stormbringer yeah yeah stormbringer <laughs> and he fucking leaps onto the back of the cyber raptor like a man this is I, I don't know why but i'm so fucking hyped for this guy <laughs> and he he rides him and screams and takes the axe and but that weird like mechanical component off of its back yeah and then, they're, and then they're like the maximals are like oh of course it must be the control unit destroy it and i'm like you didn't know shit there's this like glowing like red like antenna. cylinder with an antenna attached uh, like attached to the back of these things like you don't think that taking that out might be uh might be it's like attacking its weak point for massive damage Thank like you. come on <laughs> the proto human had to show you instinctually yeah um there's like this trope zombie movies and video games do it where like everyone's losing we don't know how to beat the aliens or the zombies or the cyber raptors or whatever it is right and then suddenly there's a very obvious weak, weak point like in zombie movies and games it's like shoot their head that's where they're weak and people are like, I never tried that before. Of course. <laughs> How could I? It's um, fucking even War Planets does that. <laughs> the, um, the oh, yeah, drones. shoot the containment unit of the, Ryan, the drones. Yeah, yeah. Like, like moon shape, the crescent on their, on their chest. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I don't know what that trope is called. I'm sure it has a name, but like... It's probably just called shoot them in the head. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Shoot them in the head. Yeah. Uh, there's a parody. I can't remember. One of those like scary movies or something stupid like that. Um, where one of them like shoots one of the, you know how there's like seven scary movies and they just got ridiculous. I mean, they kind of um, started ridiculous, but yeah. And then there yeah. was all those spinoffs like fucking date movie and epic movie. and. There was Super one I actually movie. thought was really good called Not Another Teen Movie. Um, well, that, and it has... that, that's unrelated to that series. Y- yes, that particular series, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the era of spoof movies. And in one of them, one of them like shoots one of the little aliens, like the giant headed aliens in the head. And it's like, oh, shoot them in. I found the source of their uh, their, their weak point. They're powerless without their heads. Oh, he chops one of their heads off or something like that. So I think everyone is quite aware of that trope. How do you feel about that trope? Right before we continue Axe Apes Rampage. Is your your film student and like is that acceptable or is it is it like beating a dead horse? Um I don't mean to underwhelm you, but I've actually never really thought of it before. It's always painful for me 
whenever that trope comes up. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I found their weak point. Shoot them in the brain. And like all of humanity has collapsed. And it's like 20 years into this dystopian like future. And like finally one dude figures out you have to shoot them in the brain. Yeah. I mean, always a little cringe for me. (laughs) I mean, I did point it out in this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. It's never acceptable is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It can be comical. But it's I I'm never amused. Yeah. Anyways. Um so they take a uh, a note out of Axe Apes um playbook combat. and and uh his uh his art of war if you will. <laughs> and uh they start attacking the uh the 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 glowing cylinders and they take out the all the other cyber raptors, one of them kind of like wigs out and like leaps up on and I think like knocks Waspinator out of the air. Knocks him out of the air and then stomps him before exploding. Which also happens to Tarantulas right after. Black Arachnia shoots a cyber raptor. It starts hopping up and down like losing its shit and hops onto Tarantulas and, and takes him out before exploding. Mm-hmm. And then we're back at yeah, Ark Mountain. Back at Ark Mountain. Um, um, Megatron sorry, there, says, "Sorry, I, go I, I got to apologize. There's something going on around me that's like really, really, really distracting me." Oh, that's okay. If you need to, do you need to take uh, a? Uh, no, let's just. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's just uh, uh, wrap things up. Okay. Um, there's a line where Megatron says, um, the Ark is ours. Prepare to take hostages. And I'm like, Megatron? Taking hostages? That's a new one. What? For? To hold for who? <laughs> take hostages for what? If you, if you take the mountain, you have the Ark. Weird line. Yeah. And, um... <sighs> Depth charge shows up out of nowhere. OP depth charge shows up and like single-handedly takes on Inferno, Rampage, and Megatron with ease. I mean, I guess he's cooler than the others. At this point, I'm just grateful that there wasn't a another like one-on-one battle between Depth Charge and Rampage that took up like half the episode. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, Maximals triumphantly make Megatron and the others retreat. Yeah, Megatron and, uh, gives up easily, doesn't he? Well, considering he was very sure that he had just won, like, moments ago, all of a sudden he's like, well, see you later. There's Big one more up. Maximal here. <laughs> There's one up. more Maximal. Cheers. Well, see you later. Bye. <laughs> and um, Depth Charge lands and says, Big Preds are my specialty. And I'm like, Honey. <laughs> what? <laughs> no need to be a size queen here, sister. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> well, okay. I... 
you said, I think it was a couple episodes ago, all of Depth Search's lines are like somebody purposefully mocking somebody that's trying to be edgy. Yeah. And I, th that is an apt summary because I can't take anything he says seriously. Yeah. Maybe the day will come, but today is not that day. No, I, uh, oh, yeah. I don't think it will. No, <laughs> no, okay. I guess I'll <laughs> painfully wait until the day where I don't have to deal with depth charge anymore. So it's a happy ending. Uh, they wave goodbye to the proto humans, right? And they go away with their dad. I guess Axe Ape was a yeah. relative or in their tribe at least, right? Yeah. And um, but Axeape is walking away, but he doesn't have his axe. Maybe he, maybe he is uh, walking away from the battle now that he has his family back. He he doesn't need to fight any longer. Whoa, <laughs> that, that's fucking deep. War, war never changes. <laughs> I like to think that he was like, uh, uh, and he like gave it to like one of the Maximals. <laughs> he gave it to Cheetor. Like, yeah. Oh, I need uh, to draw a cheetor with the fucking the act the stone axe now. So the camera well, pans out and we again. and we pan through uh back through the Megatron's crystal ball and Megatron's <laughs> like like eh, my my transmetal two eh, a, a modest success, but my transmetal two technology works. And I'm like If we ever needed oh, no, even more into... more of an indication that the that this show is designed to sell toys, my Transmetal Two technology, Transmetal Two, I didn't two catch that. Was a fucking toy line. It was a I didn't was, catch that. Was Thank a you toy for line. pointing that out. And like, uh, it was like the second wave of uh, Transmetal Beast Wars figures, where they like gave them even new transmetal forms that are even were, uh, even for transmetal e think of transmetal but make it even too, better too transmetal <laughs> too much transmetals how can we get kids to buy these god damn it <laughs> um, uh, so he says the reason they didn't work the the cyber raptors is because they didn't have a spark. They they tried to control them with some sort of like apparatus, but it was too big and clunky. It's their weak point. The Maximals attacked it for massive damage. But if they have a spark, that would be completely different. And as it turns out, I have half a one to spare. And Megatron holds up uh, Rampages inside of its like Energon crystal vice, and he, he squeezes it. Gives him a little torture. Why not? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Is this happening? Okay. Yeah. Let's see what happens, I guess. Oh, we uh, That's it. we forgot to mention uh, Edgy Cheetor. Oh, fuck. How could I fucking forget this? So there's an intimate moment with Black Arachnia and Cheetor, and she's like, hey, you're a really nice kid. And then Silverbolt walks up. I love this love triangle, by the way. 
uh, yeah. the second time watching it made me appreciate it more. And he just kind of watches and she's like, and that's the second strike for you. And I'm like, what was she going to say? And she like walks away and as Silverbolt and like Black Rackney are walking away, Silverbolt like glares over his um, shoulder and kind of like puts his wing out to like block Cheetor from staring at Black Arachne as they walk away. Yeah. And the line is fucking great. You don't get to look at her ass today, good sir. Yeah, so Black Arachne was saying, um, so don't go looking for strike three. Okay. And I, I think you're right. He's like, you don't get to look at my girlfriend's ass, kid. <laughs> but um, Cheetor under his breath says, I'm not a kid. And what's the what's the line here? Oh, and maybe I'm not so nice either. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, we get a dark Cheetor arc. Ooh, oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! This is see, Christopher is excited for the Cyber Raptors. I'm like, love triangle, edgy Cheetor like arc. I can't fucking wait. Can't wait. Stoked for it. Yeah, I actually remember, like, kind of remember the next episode. So, uh, you, it the show may deliver. It so may he not. starts like you know, um, paints his nails like black, puts on some guy liner, grows his hair, dyes his hair black, has a poster of the Cure above his bed. <laughs> <laughs> Are you me? <laughs> I may or may not actually <laughs> I have a poster of the cure in my bedroom. Oh, sweet. If you did. <laughs> cool. Uh, so that was uh, cutting edge uh, here on too much energon. We rate episodes on the too much energon scale, which ranges from not enough energon to sufficient energon to too much energon. It's basically bad. Okay. Good. So, uh, Cal, what you giving uh, Cutting Edge? Yeah, I could make an argument for either three of those ratings. I think so could I. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, on a surface level, I'm like, eh. But then part of me is like, well, no, introduce some new things and relationships. But, like, it's a throwaway but like it's such a, a battle, but none of the battles matter. But then you're like, oh, well, there's like a love triangle and there's an edgy arc, so that's sufficient. But then there's Axape. I and then it's like it's clearly setting up the next couple episodes. And and they're the Raptors have eye lasers, man. And Axape fucking like jumps and he he's just the flesh and blood. He's a fucking Axape. He's using a stone weapon, and he took that down <laughs> literally. Uh, I, just, I I kind of don't know. This is kind of the only time I've ever thought thought it could be any of the three. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah, it, it's not great, but like there are pretty epic moments and multiple of them. I. Do you, do you know? Do you know? Yeah. Do you have your rating? Yeah, yeah. Um, Would I'm you giving like it, to? 
I'm giving it a sufficient energon. Uh, it would definitely be a not enough energon if not for cyber raptors with eye lasers and axe ape. Those make the episode badass for me. But the rest of it, I'm not a fan of. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, the the cyber raptors and axe ape uh, give save the episode from getting a uh, a failing grade. They're so scary and like feral. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't act like transformers; they act like raptors. Yeah, but they're they're under control of the Predacons. That that make that adds a level of like. Uh, in that that makes them a little bit scarier and harder to deal with. I part of me wants to give it a a too much energon because Axe Ape, Cyber Raptors, Love Triangle that I desperately have been like hoping for. But like <laughs> yes I I don't think I can. I think that that propels it from not enough energon to a sufficient amount of energon. So it's getting a sufficient amount of energon for me so just because, up. but for different reasons. I, I also really like the love triangle and edgy Cheetors. Like, you know, he's going to watch the crow a few times and like get edgy and be a bad boy. I can't fucking wait for that. <laughs> So sufficient amount of energon from both of us. All right. So that has been uh, uh, the fourth episode of season three, Cutting Edge. Uh, best way to support the show. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. If you're watching on YouTube, give a thumbs up, leave a comment, subscribe, share the episode. Or just leave some kind of positive rating wherever you're listening to this. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. That's uh, right. If you want to follow me, you can do so on Twitter at lasercomb, spelled the same way as the Patreon. Uh, you can also if you just want to our... follow the show? Uh, if you just want to follow the show... Uh, you can go to at too much energon. You can also follow the show's page, uh, facebook.com slash too much energon, or the main laser comb page, which deals with all of our podcasts, facebook.com slash laser comb. Uh, Cal, you have things. You want to be my, yeah, if you want to be my 10th follower on, <laughs> on Twitter, uh, I repost things that other people from laser comb post sometimes pictures of ducks. Um, <laughs> you can follow me at Neo underscore Cal with a K. Yep. Do the thing. Uh, we will be back next week with a mega beast sized episode. Uh, the 44th and 45th episode of beast wars feral scream part one and two that'll be episode oh. 40 of too much energon oh it's a mega beast sized one interesting yep. two-parter so keep an mm. eye out for that uh we are running out of time tonight so we're gonna get out of here i've been one of your hosts christopher siege and i am your other host neo cal
And until next week, beast mode. Beast mode. Beast mode. Beast mode.